Hey, what's going on? My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and listen to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire confidence, direction, and resilience. In this episode, we're going to explore self-fulfilling prophecies and gaslighting. They're similar because they distort reality in some way. We're going to talk about the difference between their distortions and what to do when you find yourself in one of those situations. Are you ready? Let's go. If you're familiar with the law of attraction, then chances are you also know about the self-fulfilling prophecy. The law of attraction is basically this idea that you can manifest whatever you want in your entire life, whatever you want. You have to visualize it, believe it, and it will be. That's what the law of attraction says. The self-fulfilling prophecy is like that because it says that you kind of predict your outcome. You already know that something is going to happen, so you say, yeah. I knew it was going to happen after the fact that it happened. For the most part, you say that you believe it's going to happen. And when it does happen, randomly, you can say, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Although there's no proof, self-fulfilling prophecy. Usually it's something that's negative. A couple of years ago, I bought the newest used car I've ever had. Had 4,000 miles on it. And that was it. Bought it off the lot. But I was like curious, why would someone return a car that had 4,000 miles on it? What was wrong with the car? I asked the salesman. They were like, nothing. All right. Gave him my cash. Didn't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. A moment passed and I had a silly superstitious thought. What if this car is cursed? Little did I know how right I was. I've had my car for five years. Every single year, it has attracted some kind of misfortune. Listen to this incomplete list. I had it for two weeks and someone hit my side view mirror. Two months later, at a stop sign, the van backed right into my grill. My car was broken into and then sideswiped. I got whacked on whacker because some fool made a turn. Tickets with them fines and fees, they made thousands off of me. Then I'm parked on the street and a U-Haul crashes into me. My car was booted in the construction zone. Before this cursed car, my only accident was in 2004. See, I knew it was cursed all along. No one would turn in such a dean beautiful car like that. It doesn't make any sense. Who has money to drive it off the lot and then decide a few days later that they're going to bring it back? They lost all that money. It depreciates as soon as it leaves the lot. It doesn't make any sense. It has to be. It has to be cursed. This year, nothing has happened so far, but we have the entire year to go. It always happens. It never fails. It's going to happen this year. I know it. And if it happens, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't really know that for sure. I don't know what's in store. Those car collisions are completely random. I have no control over what happens. I have no control over the situation at all. I cannot predict, not at all, predict when I'm going to get hit or if I'm going to get hit. I might pass the entire year and not get hit, but I like to stick to this self-fulfilling prophecy because it gives me some kind of control. 
this random thing in the universe that I would be prepared for so I can smile about it and say, hey, I don't care that I have to spend thousands of dollars to get this fixed. I knew it was going to happen the day before yesterday, before yesterday, and I already saved up for it because I knew it was going to happen. I didn't get caught by surprise. Nope. That way, I can remove all the bad feelings out of the situation. No anger, no sadness, no frustration, all of it gone. I can just say, I knew it was going to happen. But who am I kidding? <laughs> I can't fool you either. You know that's a crock of ish. Because if I knew it was going to happen, I would have stopped it. Self-fulfilling prophecies will allow you to distort reality. What they do is they allow you to take a situation that's less desirable or something that you've been hurt by, something that you don't want to happen, that you had no control over. It allows you to claim control over it. So if you had a car accident and you say, well, I knew that was going to happen. It's kind of like you had some power here, but you don't really. When you use that self-fulfilling prophecy, you're really stopping yourself from trying to feel the emotions or feeling the powerlessness that you have in the situation. Because if you knew the outcome was less than desirable for you, you would have changed the outcome. One of the main aspects of this is that no one influences your behavior or your thoughts with this whole self-fulfilling prophecy. You are projecting your own desires. When dealing with these self-fulfilling prophecies, the best thing to do about them is to look at them as a test of your resilience and face the fact that you are powerless and then deal with the emotion that comes along with that. Try recognizing that you feel loss or you feel distressed or you feel whatever it is. Be able to identify that feeling. Because if you have a habit of doing this self-fulfilling prophecy or putting that self-fulfilling prophecy out there, you are running away from the actual truth. The truth is you felt uncomfortable, unsafe, and you had to make a reality that was safe, one that you could control. So instead of doing that, lean into the fact that you do not have any power here. Don't blame yourself for the situation because blame doesn't help anybody. It doesn't serve anybody. It's very toxic. You have to tend to the situation. Okay, there's now a car that's messed up. There's someone who's injured. There's uh, a job loss. You have to pay attention to the real issue. Doing that will make you more resilient. With the self-fulfilling prophecy, the distortion is coming from within. But with gaslighting, it's coming from the outside. Someone is trying to change your perception of what you see. So it's not you saying, I knew that, I see all. It's someone else saying, no, you didn't, no, you didn't, no, you didn't. This is what you saw. They have you questioning yourself, thinking, are you sure that I saw that? Because I saw something else. What? Then you start believing them and questioning your own reality, questioning your own sanity. Gaslighting comes from a play in the 1930s where a man is trying to convince his wife that she's insane by changing little things in the environment so that when she questions them and she brings it up to him, he says, oh dear, you're being a hysterical woman. You must lay down. You don't know anything. But are you sure, husband? The lights keep flickering and dimming and I hear noises. Don't you hear them too? No, no, no. No, no, no. You made that up. That didn't really happen. And then he goes on to flick the lights on and off and bang stuff to make noise. 
He was trying to get her committed to a psychiatric ward. Gaslighting is incredibly harmful because it strips you of you, your whole personality, your perception, your views, your ideas. They're replaced with whomever is pulling the strings. Imagine the amount of manipulation that has to go into getting you to forget that you have your own senses and they have been working for you for years upon years and you were trusting in them until you met this abuser who's gaslighting you. Now you can't trust your eyes. Now you can't trust your ears. Now you can't trust your sense of taste, smell, none of that. They're going to tell you how to think and what to believe. I'll bet it's difficult to imagine if you haven't been in that position yourself. Once upon a time, my computer got hacked. It was an awful, scary experience. It was my first night at my new place. I just connected the Wi-Fi to my laptop. I was playing music as I was putting stuff away. So I walked away from my laptop and I hear the volume rise up and up and up. And I know I'm nowhere near it. So I rush back to my computer and I see the cursor moving around on its own. I'm hacked. I know exactly what that is. So I disconnect myself to, from the network and I turn my computer off. The next day I took precautions. I changed my router, got a new password on it, and I thought I was set. That's all I needed to do. I didn't see a cursor moving around until four months later, because little did I know it was already too late. Day one, they had me. So they'd been in my computer for four solid months, four solid months, looking at my desktop, my files, listening to my conversations with my devices, watching me via camera, that is scary shit. That's scary. I also discovered that there was a virus on my computer and it was slowly stealing information from my desktop, slowly stealing information, pulling files away. So anyway, my computer was junked, was trashed because wow, my hard drive was dead because they killed it with this virus. I went to get my laptop fixed and I bought a mini computer to help me just in case there's an issue or just in case one computer goes down, I have a, another one because I work with computers every day. So again, I took the necessary precautions. I changed my router password and I've got two computers. So I think that I'm set. I got one brand new one that's never been on a network, never been on this network. So I'm sitting at home that night, got both of my computers, my laptop doing some work, and I'm also watching internet TV. The next thing I know, my screen flashes, brute force. Everything freezes. I know exactly what that means. I've been hit with a brute force attack. So brute force is a cyber attack in which the hacker will run a program that tries password after password until it finally breaks yours or finds yours. And then they're in your router and thus they can get to your systems or whatever is on the router. So my computers, they placed the virus in them and I only, I only had them for a few hours and they were both done both again. So I was dating someone at the time and I told them about this problem that I was having and they just shrugged it off. They said, no, 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 mm -mm, no, doesn't happen to people. Doesn't happen. I immediately wanted to defend my point and show them, see, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And they just shrugged it off. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, nobody gets hacked. Okay. You're just making that up. You probably downloaded a virus or something. 
I'm pretty adamant about the fact that I did not download a virus. I only had my computer for eight hours watching Netflix. There's no way that I caused this. But they insist. No, no, no. That doesn't happen. You made that up. You downloaded a virus. Okay. So I expressed to them, you're gaslighting me. Even with that, they had something to say. No, no, no. That's what you do when you want to drive people crazy. I'm not doing that. Needless to say, the relationship ended shortly after that. I believe that their behavior fits the description. It's completely denying any feelings that I've had, saying that they're invalid, they don't exist, and in fact, anything that I experienced was absolutely wrong. I could not trust my eyes. I could not trust my experiences, my feeling. I could not look at the receipts and see how much money I spent on this stupid stuff, but I could trust what they said. I downloaded a virus. Anyone who tries to tell you that your feelings aren't real are certainly gaslighting you. The next thing they'll do is try to tell you that your actions aren't real. And then your beliefs aren't real. Your thoughts aren't real. They replace it with something that's more convenient for them, better for them to believe. So when that happens, that is most certainly gaslighting. Fortunately, I knew that I did nothing to cause that virus. I trust myself, I trust my feelings, I trust in my experiences. There was no way that I was going to believe them over my own self. Your best defense against gaslighting is to believe in yourself, to trust yourself. What I mean is to trust in your emotions because those are valid no matter what. You can be upset about a situation that hasn't even happened and still whatever you're feeling is valid. Your feelings are your instincts. They serve a specific purpose, each one of them. You feel fear because there's something dangerous here. You need to investigate and look around. You feel anger when you need to get through an obstacle. You need to fight. Sadness when you feel loss. And joy when you feel like you want to retain and keep doing. For example, eating. You eat and you get happy because it's necessary to do that to survive. Do not ignore that feeling that you have. Do not let anyone tell you that it doesn't exist. Do not let anyone tell you that you've had it wrong. You're the only person that can know that. Hang on to that feeling. You may doubt what you've seen, felt, heard, tasted, smelled, but you know what you're feeling. Hang on to that. If you're not able to understand what you're feeling and why, Anyone could come along and decide for you. The abuser that comes along is never going to tell you that your feelings are correct. They're going to tell you that you messed up and you're confused and they have the right answer for you. I wanna leave you with this. People are going to come along and tell you that your feelings don't matter. Don't tell yourself that your feelings don't matter. They're an important part of who you are. Just take a look at the US and see what people are saying about 1621. I know what I felt, and you know what you felt, but there are people telling us, you and me, that we should not feel the way we do. They explain it to us clearly with a list of things that we got wrong, things that we don't understand, and then as soon as they complete that list, as soon as they stop talking, they go and flick the lights off and on.
My name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. I hope that you found today's episode interesting and insightful. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and also share this podcast with anyone you might think finds it interesting. If you're looking for more content, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and at my website, PatternsOfPossibility.com. Do you have a topic that you would like me to talk about? Please feel free to email me at PatternsOfPossibility at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. This podcast is for informational purposes only. If you are having a medical emergency, please go to your nearest medical facility and explain to them that you would have been there sooner if you hadn't been listening to this podcast. I'll see you next time.